rolling. Five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast with Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matt. And I am Jesse. And today we are joined by author and entrepreneur, Neil Cohen. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, It's our pleasure, man. Absolutely. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, what you do? Absolutely. So um, I reached out to you guys. I checked out your uh, website and I said, man, this is someone I got to talk to. So um, just a little bit of background on me. I've written uh, three uh, fiction novels uh, and uh, zombie apocalypse novels. And I know the zombie uh, genre is not something many people have touched on. It's very, very rare that you ever <laughs> see any kind of medium on the zombies. But I actually oh, yeah. really, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, <laughs> listen, th- 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 there's no original ideas here. So. Um, no, but I, I, I really was a fan of the genre, and I saw an uh, area of the genre that just was not being hit. I had my own ideas, and I said, you know, i got to get this out. So um, I'm actually coming you fr- to you for today from Small Press Expo, and you guys have been amazingly uh, 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 patient as uh, <laughs> I tried to find a quiet room to actually do this call because Small Press Expo here, uh, it's actually in Bethesda, Maryland, is a once-a-year event, and it is just packed. I could not find a single quiet space in this entire <laughs> hotel. But So I appreciate you guys bearing with me. But um, no Small problem. Press Expo is the exact type of audience uh, that uh, I started with and that I'm trying to reach out to now. Where I came at it is I had, I, I, you know, I never wrote a book. I never even wanted to read a friggin' book. So, uh, <laughs> but I had this idea about my take on the zombie apocalypse, how I thought it would happen, how I thought people would react. And I wanted a more realistic zombie book, but I wanted it fun and funny uh, so people would read it. And so I actually uh, wrote my ideas. I went to the publishers. They, they told me, screw off. So I said, fuck it. I went out. I found my own illustrator. I uh, created a graphic novel, uh, really an illustrated novel, because it was book and illustrations. And I came to places like this, like Small Press Expo, and I started marketing it and promoting it and building a brand and building a following. And from that, I got a publisher. Uh, The publisher led to me re-releasing the book in a much more professional format. Then that hit. They said, I want two more, wrote two more, finished that genre, finished that. The last uh, book actually came out um, in 2018. That closed out the trilogy, uh, the Exit Zero Zombie trilogy. And I thought I was done. At that point, I'm like, I'm done. I, I proved my point. I wrote the book. I got them published. I built a following. I really didn't know where to go next. 
And then while I'm out there and I'm still out there selling the books and hitting up the cons and meeting people and learning their stories and just talking to people about like, you know, how'd you come to this con? You know, here, you're making baked goods shaped like XYZ fan <laughs> or uh, you're, you're painting pictures of the Joker and Harley Quinn or you're, you're, you're a big fan of Game of Thrones and you're dressing up and you're doing podcast. Why? And I met so many cool people with these interesting stories about like, they have these full-time professional day jobs. And then like superheroes at night and on weekends, they're doing these fucked up things that like they're actually <laughs> afraid to even share with their friends, their coworkers, their clients. They've got these whole secret identities involved in pop culture. And I was like, this is a whole kind of entrepreneurial track that no one's ever really touched into. These people that are obsessed with a pop culture, whether it's, like I said, Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead. And they started this business not to become wealthy, but because they're obsessed. They want to talk to other people. They want to share their fandom, their passion. And it's a different type of entrepreneurship. And then I wrote the book and uh, started speaking at cons. And I, it's coming out October 1st in two weeks. Uh, it's called, there's is it, Business is Dead, Resurrecting Entrepreneurship. And it's Very all nice. about people like yourself, fandoms, fan or so they fans who have started fan focused businesses. Mm. That's fantastic. If I could Thank choose you. I an, appropriate, an appropriate word, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting because, I mean, it is, you know, a relatively new market, especially cosplay is just blown out crazy right now. I mean, there's people on Instagram that make a living off of cosplay alone, you know, right. and that's fantastic. Yep. I mean, it gives people a, a job that they love to do, you know, like, I mean, it's like a thing that's like, just like, it's been accepted, you know, you should hate your job, you know, it's work, blah, blah, blah. I feel like in America, especially, but like things like that are just so interesting because it's a new outlet for people. These and passion projects. Yeah. Yeah. But one thing I stressed in the beginning of the book, I say, look, if this is something you're going to pursue because you say, I fucking hate my job. I want to quit my job, quit my life, become rich. No, not <laughs> why you pursue this. Don't pursue this. This mm. is not you know, go open a Subway franchise if that's what you want. <laughs> this is not for, I got to change my life and I hate my boss and I hate my job and I want to change. No, this is for fun, for passion, for something to do on the weekends. Maybe you'll make money. Maybe mm -hmm. you'll make a lot of money, but there's no guarantee. And I don't stress any guarantee. And if you're going in for this, for anything, for profit over passion, it's not the track for you. This is... Like you said, uh, cosplayers, some people just love getting dressed up and having pretended to be a celebrity for a weekend and going to a con and posing for pictures and <laughs> having a lot of fun. And that's great. And then going back Monday and being happy in your regular life. Other people can't let it go. Other people like, man, that weekend was like what I lived for. And I want to make a go at this. And then they can start Instagram or they can start whatever, you know, building a fan base around a, um, a, a, a cosplay character that they've created. They're not going to be able to do it if they are just doing, um, you know, oh, I'm dressing up as, I went to the store, I, I dressed up as Batman and <laughs> now I go and show up as Batman. You know, that's not going to do it. But no. I've seen, I've met a lot who've created their own characters their own unique characters with a backstory, some of them, and they create their own following or 
they create a number of cosplays where they look like a number of things. And then people are following them just because they're like, I got to see what the hell this guy's doing next or this girl's doing next. This is cool. You know, they're, they're both Mary Poppins and Deadpool or <laughs> they're a smoking hot chick and they are just creating the most outrageous, sexy cosplay outfits. And I want to subscribe just to see what the hell yep. they're going to do yep. next weekend. That's the biggest that, one. Yeah, that's originality. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, and that's how you break through. So like, and then there's other people that are doing it that are like philanthropic. Like I've met a lot of people that have built these amazing Star Wars outfits. Like they look like the stormtroopers. They got the voice, they got everything. And they're not in it for the money. They're going out and doing charity events and they're raising money and they're going to hospitals and they're oh, wow. taking pictures to raise money for kids. Mm-hmm. And they, and they have whole groups of them. It's like, um, Oh, what is it? I forgot what it's called now, but they're like Legion 501 or something. And they're all stormtroopers and they show up at children's hospitals and that's, that's awesome. great too. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, but it's original and, and, mm-hmm. and I, they're fan entrepreneurs also, but they're doing it as a phil- philanthropic venture. They're not mm-hmm. looking to make money. They're looking to just be involved and raise money for charities and to help. That's awesome. Kids yeah. And everything. Yeah. That's, and yeah, that reminds me of track. Yeah. Back in the day, there was that viral video of the Batman getting pulled over in like the the 1980s Batman or Batmobile. And uh, that that guy was one of the originals that would go to children's hospitals dressed up as Batman. He would park the Batmobile out front so they could see it from the windows and like come (laughs) up and like spend time with the kids. Um, There was like a big backstory to that guy. There was a fascinating story. Um, He was an attorney, I think, right? He was he was a guy. I can't remember what he did. There was a couple of people who did it, but there was a guy actually down here in Maryland, and the guy was super rich and he loved Batman and he had the whole Batman outfit and he had actually the 1966 Batmobile. Oh, oh wow! The guy he had realized he came to a point in his life where he realized he had not been a good person and he admitted it. Like he achieved his success. Definitely. And he, and he knew that he had uh, treated a lot of people badly and he had been not the best person's life. And he said, I got to fucking change this around. I got to turn this around. And he didn't. And so he started dressing up as Batman and going to the kids hospitals. And then he did that. And literally for him, it was like a psych thing, psychic thing. He had to change his whole, um, life trajectory because he realized that like he just came to this conclusion like i'm not a good person and it was an amazing story and then do you know what happened to that guy did you hear the story he's passed away i believe right he was driving he pulled over to help someone that he was at an outfit he had thrown his outfit in a car he stopped get gas someone took a picture of him filling up for gas he waved he was driving. Someone had broken down. He pulled over to help the person. He got out of his car, and someone hit him uh, on the highway and killed him. Yep, that's is that fucking that. karma or what? That's yep. da- that's dangerous. That's like one of the top ways I hear good people going. Unfortunately, is you yeah. know helping someone out. But isn't that like a weird story that this guy like said? I got to change like my life story here of where I'm going and who I'm looked at as and then that happens that's fucked up you know but it's yeah but it's amazing but it definitely comes into and i'm i now i just feel like i've totally brought down your uh, podcast <laughs> just totally bummed out the entire oh, fucking audience I, I have a way to change the trajectory you've used the word entrepreneur right, yeah. a couple of yeah. times can you give yep. like a definition of what you would say that is because it seems 
uh, at least from what we've been talking about uh, so far, that it's a broad definition because it's anything from people doing Instagram cosplay type stuff to uh, authors to artists to like. So how would you how would you define the word? Exactly. Well, it comes down to what I was saying in the beginning. If you're an entrepreneur, you're starting a business, you're looking to grow the business. And hey, listen, if you've invented shoe shine and you're passionate about shine shoes and you're an entrepreneur because you're passionate and you're doing it to become a million, that's great. But you're not really a fan entrepreneur. Fan entrepreneur, you're a fan of a pop culture genre. Like for me, I was a fan of the zombie culture the zombie genre. So I wrote my books because I wanted to be part of that. Now I can go to cons on the weekends and talk about zombie lore, the zombie movies, the walking dead, fear the walking dead. I can talk to people all day about that shit because I love it. It's my, it's, it's my fandom. I also talk about game of Thrones. I loved game of Thrones theories, concepts before that. My, I think my first real, fandom where I like became obsessed where I wanted to talk to other people about it was the first couple seasons of lost like I like a lot of shows I watch a lot of TV I like I love family guy and everything but generally I would watch the show enjoy it it's done I didn't give a shit about talking to other people lost like the way they did it in the beginning with the with the corresponding websites and mm. you had and there was a one for the airline and if you went through <laughs> it and you clicked the seats in the right order you got through to another level and oh, then wow. there was all these they didn't even tell fans about it you had to find it online they were the first one to really and, and I was obsessed I wanted to talk to other people about this show and my theory and everything and that was my first like becoming a real fan and wanting to engage. And that's what it's all about. You know, if, if you are into DC or Marvel or Game of Thrones or, or uh, what's the other one there? Oh God, I can't think of the name. It's one of the two guys in the car. I forgot the name of it, but everybody's oh, obsessed with it right um, now. Supernatural? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. That was, that was Supernatural, a, that's it. That was a big one. Uh, yeah. I've never seen it, but I've met so many people that are obsessed with it. Now, I'm going to Sopranos Con in November, and that's <laughs> for people that are fans of the show Sopranos. Sopranos been off the year show. for 10 fucking years. Right. Yeah, but it's I been off the that. air. Yeah, and, and, but they're having a, the very first Sopranos Con, so I'm going to it. Uh, I'm, wow. I'm exhibiting at it, yeah, because I'm a fan. But that's what a fan entrepreneur is. A fan entrepreneur says, you know what? I want to do this because I want to be around other people that are fans like me. If I go and spend a weekend at a con and I don't make any sales, but I talk to a whole bunch of people, I still consider it I had a good, enjoyable weekend versus, oh man, it sucked. I didn't sell anything. I didn't make any money. You know, no. If I go to a con and I talk to fans, and I always tell people in fan entrepreneurship, like, where it really came from. So I'm, I'm out there selling my books before mm -hmm. this one, the Exit Zero trilogy. People come yep. up and go, Neil, I've been working on a book for seven years. You know, and I want to write, how the hell did you get it published? How the hell did you get from attending cons to behind the booth? How did you go and get on, you know, this podcast here? And I would be advising, and that's kind of what my background is. I got an MBA. I've got 30 years in business uh, development experience. I, I would advise these people. And I said, shit, let me just write this down. Let me give some advice here. And there's so many people, and like, especially the people that would tell me, I'm working on a book for seven years. That's I a long time. Well, yeah, 
I didn't, now granted, when I started writing my book, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And I mm. just, it was trial and error and trial and error. And I had a bunch of stories and I didn't take any writing classes. I had no intention of, of writing a book. I just wanted to write a series of short stories and then it started coming together and all this kind of stuff. But it took me almost three years from start to it's on the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. But that was long and I didn't really know what, but the thing is I didn't even start really selling my first book until my third book was out. Oh wow. So I'm telling people, if you're if it's taking you seven years, it's gonna be twenty-one fucking years before you start selling your book, man. Get yeah. it out there. You gotta just publish it. If you can't find a publisher, it's a different world now. Go out, go to Amazon, self-publish, self-market, self-promote. If you think that you're just going to, oh, I'm going to get a publisher and then I'm going to sit on my ass and they're going to go out and promote my book. Bullshit. They're, they're going to promote it a little bit when it releases. And then two weeks later, they're moving on to the next book. Yep. And that book comes out. And you're forgotten. You better be out there producing, promoting, selling. If you think, oh, I'm just going to produce, write it, and then sit in my room and write it again and wait for it. No. Constantly, <laughs> nonstop, your friends, your friends' friends, your coworkers, social media. You gotta be out there promoting it all the time. Otherwise, forget it. It's not worth it. Don't do it. But you know, that's a fantrepreneur. And you better have that goddamn passion. Otherwise, you're not gonna be able to do it. If you if if you like if you said, you know what, I hate zombies, but I got this great idea and I wrote a zombie book. Now I'm gonna go out and sell it, but Jesus Christ, oh my god, I gotta go fucking spend a weekend at a conference. You know? <laughs> zombie people. No. No. Don't do it, man, because you're yeah. going to be fucking miserable and you're never going to sell shit and the fans are going to tell it and, and that's it. So that's a fan entrepreneur versus an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, you're out there making money. You're out there yeah. hustling, making money, start your business. And the goal is, what's the goal? Sell that business, start another one, move on, grow so that sh- business. The shark tank model. Exactly. <laughs> and this is not something you're looking to sell and move on. This is something I'm going to do this or for, you know, if it's fun, it's fun. If it's profit, great. Hi, do you like celebrities, comedy, and pop culture? Well, then I have the podcast for you. I'm Aaron Max, host of the Yes and I Am podcast, the podcast where we learn about people. Each week, we take comedians and improvisers and give them a celebrity to play, and I interview them. And guess what? Sometimes the comedians don't know who this celebrity is. And that's when the real fun comes in, and we learn a little something we didn't already know about these people. So go and check us out. We're on iTunes and all other podcast stores. We are Yes and I Am, and we will see you guys next time. Support for American Slacker comes from Manscaped, who's the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I don't know about you, Jesse, but I am sick and tired of being outmatched by these razors and traditional trimmers that you get in the store, and no matter what, they they fucking snag your nuts. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. They have a lawnmower 2.0 razor, which they have sent our way, has a proprietary skin-safe technology, so you won't get those nicks or snags on your nuts. Nice! Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Yeah, and with our 20% off code, plus free shipping, 
you're going to be uh, saving a bunch of money and getting some great products that won't end up uh, making it look like a war zone down there. All you got to do is enter Slackers at checkout. Manscaped.com. 20% off. Get your anti-chafing ball deodorant, your sweet lawnmower 2.0. Your nuts will thank you later. You can even rep them by getting yourself a Manscaped.com t-shirt. So head on over to Manscaped.com. 20% off at checkout. Enter code SLACKERS. Get your ball swag here. Do you see a lot of that burnout kind of in podcasting too? If people, you know, they'll start a show thinking they're going to be Joe Rogan or, or Mark Marin, and, and then yep. they get six months into it and, and, you know, 30 hours of editing later. And they're like, I don't, I don't know if this is for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 And they're not doing it because they enjoy doing it. You know, mm-hmm. that's a big problem. You yeah. know, if you don't enjoy it, it translates really well because I mean, we look forward to our, our fucking shows every week. And I think that's like what gives us a passion to write more, to like come up with new ideas. Yeah. And to try like, to keep it entertaining because we're yeah. not bored, you know, so the audience isn't bored. but you guys are making a hundred thousand dollars a year each at this, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's so under, but I mean, we don't have to talk about the numbers here. How do you, show, how do you yeah. think we bought the franchise of Applebee's that we're recording in? <laughs> I know. And the lava lamps, they don't come cheap. Seriously. So, <laughs> But the point is, like, if you guys didn't enjoy this, if this became a fucking drag and you said, Jesus Christ, I got to do this. What the fuck? What would be the point then? What's you're, the wasting, point? you're wasting your you time, know, your energy. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm telling everybody right now, you think you're going to make money from a book. I hear all these things about make six figures <laughs> from a book. I'm pretty goddamn successful in selling books. I haven't made any money at it. You can't make any money. Every, money, every dollar it goes in, I go into my own market. Like here, I got flyers I got to make up. Oh, and dude, I'm here that's at, not con, fucking cheap at all. Booth, you got to travel. Badass yeah, t-shirts no, or expensive. Cons are so expensive. T-shirts, my new Jersey t-shirt. So my first three books, Exit Zero, because you always knew the zombie apocalypse was going to begin in New Jersey. So the first book, <laughs> first 48 hours of the zombie apocalypse as it begins in New Jersey, a group of characters fighting their way down a Garden State Parkway at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. Second wow. book, Nuke Jersey. So New Jersey is sealed off, same core characters. New Jersey sealed off in the rest of the country. The rest of the country is trying to figure out what the hell to do because the zombie virus is coming from New Jersey. And so they've sealed it off, but they're like, well, what do we do? You know, and some people are like, well, wipe it out, nuke it, man. Just, we got to stop this thing. But the president is wanting the country out of of Cape May, out of the Congress Hotel to kind of tell the country, look, we've got this under control you know, don't worry about it. But the zombie virus is popping up around the country. Third book, Zombie Democracy, the virus has spread nationwide. It is everywhere now. But the government hasn't fallen. Society hasn't fallen. You're going about your life. You got to go out. You got to you gotta meet chicks. You got to go to dinner. You got to go get something to eat at night. But now there's <laughs> zombies everywhere. And wow. you just, one more thing that could friggin' kill you every day. So <laughs> you got to live your life. New bureaucracies take place, new technologies. And now it is the first presidential election post-zombie apocalypse. And the country has to decide between two candidates, each with their own platform on how to deal with the zombie threat you know oh. so that's what my books so my books the zombie virus the zombie apocalypse comes but unlike the walking dead it the government doesn't fall society doesn't fall there's just thousands and thousands and thousands of zombies out there and they come in hordes so there's like weather broadcasts this is look there's seven thousand <laughs> zombies heading towards your town we know they're coming we can track them 
go home from work now, make sure you get enough food, bread, milk, toilet paper, medications wow. to be in your homes for three days. Don't try to clear your own yard of zombies. If they do <laughs> start coming in your house, you contact, there is a zombie removal service from the government. Uh, there's, a, there's an app called a walker, uh, which you take a picture and swipe right, and the zombie <laughs> picture is sent to the zombie control, and they come in to clean, pick it up. But there's a deeper conspiracy that's throughout all three books and all that kind of stuff. So that's my story of my three books. That's why the New Jersey shirt there. That's fantastic. I, I'm, I, I'm really looking forward to get, we haven't gotten the chance. This was a pretty quick interview that we uh, coordinated here and we haven't gotten the chance to actually, we haven't gotten the chance to read it yet, but um, this sounds like a perfect read for the Halloween uh, month coming up. Here. It is. Yeah. And they can find it all at exitzerozombie.com. Exit zero zombie spelled out. They can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at exit zero zombie, Facebook at exit zero zombie, Gmail exit zero zombie at gmail.com. I've cornered the market on exit zero zombie. So that's the trilogy. That's that's the foundation, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, exit zero zombie, uh, and then exit zero zombie.com. And then the new one, this one's not even out yet. I couldn't even get you this. This is not out for two more weeks. Mm -hmm. This is businessesdead.com. So if they go to either businessesdead.com or entrepreneur with a fan in front, not on fantrepreneur.com, you can order it now. Nice. I have to ask on the front of the first, uh, of your zombie trilogy there, there, I saw a quote from Snooki. Is yeah. that, is that real? It is, of course. What? <laughs> oh I didn't, know, I didn't even know if it was, I didn't know if it was a throw to, uh, to New Jersey. No, 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 no. So I'll tell you what happened. So the book was coming out, and suddenly I saw Snooki on Talking Dead, and she's talking about what a huge zombie fan she is. So I go, holy oh, wow. shit. So I sent her a copy of the book, and I didn't think, and next thing you know, she tweets out to all her followers, oh my God, I died and gone to zombie heaven. So I, I email her back. I said, hey, can I use this? You okay there? Do I need to do the Heimlich? Someone's choking there. <laughs> I, so, think, I think you surprised Matt. <laughs> I know. Oh, shit so, out of me. Yeah. So I, I, I emailed her and she's very sweet. She emailed back and said, sure. And so my publisher quickly killed the first cover, put her on there and it went out. Yeah. So she's a big zombie fan. That's fantastic. Wow. That's, that's wild. amazing. I can't believe that. Yeah, do you see? I got Lloyd Kaufman <laughs> for the third book. You know, nice. uh, he—that was cool. He's a toxic Avenger. All the trauma stuff, yeah. Yeah, trauma, and then um, yeah. So uh, I'm still looking for some blurbs for this one. I need some celebrity blurbs. Well, I don't know if we're big He's enough to make the cover, episode. but we'll give you some either way. <laughs> yeah, well, I need. I also need promotion, though. I, you know, I think it's too late for the cover blurb, but I need promotion. I need you guys to promote. Absolutely. Now, one thing I noticed when I was looking at, uh, you know, all the info on your books, uh, you speaking of how you took the zombie apocalypse in your own ideas, one of the most controversial things I noticed, if you shoot one of yours, yep. your zombies in the head, yeah. you do not die. Where did that, when did you like know you were going to go with that kind of like idea? Because I mean, it's like everybody wants to go with the standard, you know, 80s or 60s, uh, living dead, like shoot so, them in the head, they're uh, done. One thing I did a, a, my real job because uh, zombies ain't paying the bills is <laughs> I, I work. My focus is, is Chem Bio Red Nuke, and I've done it for 20 years. And I 
cell technology to the U.S. military focused on chemical, biological, radiological, nuclear. And I get to talk to a, very, a lot of very cool people at Defense Sector Production Agency and at DARPA and at uh, World Health Organization and CDC. And I've always been fascinated, so I always talk to them, and all these people love zombies shit. They all obsess. All military guys love zombie stuff. All uh, DHS kind of, not DHS, but like CDC type people love zombie stuff. So what else is it? Give me your theories. Like what would be a combination of events or virus or whatever that would create the most uh, realistic, close to a zombie apocalypse scenario. Then I was talking to military guys. I said, so let's just say, let's just say a real zombie apocalypse is happening. You've got civil unrest, you've got complex coordinated attacks, you've got a cascading environment of disasters. How are you going to handle this? You've got civil unrest, you've got mass pandemic, you've got mass casualty, you've got uh, probably a breakdown of electricity and communications. You know, you've got all the black swan uh, things happening at once. What kind of technologies would you put into this? And all that is in the book. Um, one, mine is a virus. There is nothing supernatural about it. In the book, mine, they are uh, not really infected, but addicted. They are like crack addicts. They have become a, 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 a addicted. Uh, they uh, cannot control. I explained exactly why the virus was created, what it was meant to do, how it got into the population, how it affects the body, why they look the way they do. And I don't call them zombies. I call them scales because they've basically absorbed all their body tissue and look skeletal. Okay. Um, and they are a addicted to human flesh. They cannot help themselves. They cannot control themselves. There is no uh, ability to reason with them. So I explain exactly how that would happen. Now, it's a virus. Where does a virus exist? In the gut. You know, first isn't in your brain. When you have a, you know, they don't say, oh, I got a, I got a brain flu. No, I got a stomach flu. I got a stomach virus. It's in the stomach. That's where a virus exists. So mine it's in the stomach so you can huh. take but now as the virus and i don't want to give away too much but as the virus progresses the brain becomes less and less the brain basically melts the stomach takes on the formation of a brain it ah. forms a brain stem it forms the like parasitic and it well it actually the stomach starts compensating for the lack of the head brain and it is enough to control you so they the body can move and the body can feed, and huh. that's it. So it, it's not available of complex thought, but it is enough that it can move. I got that idea actually from a concept Ooh. from paleontologists. There's a cavity in the brontosaurus between the body and the tail, and it looks like a brain cavity. Now, there's nothing left that they have any idea if that's true, but the theory is that the brontosaurus was so fucking big that the brain could not go from the head all the way to the tail, so that there was a secondary brain developed in this Holy back fuck. of the spine, which communicated with the head brain, and then that communicated to the second part of the body. Kind of like a relay station. Exactly, and it's a theory. There's no way to prove it, but it's a theory. <laughs> but I thought, wow, what if that, you know, that would be evolution, that would be like, this thing is so goddamn big that it evolved a second brain to compensate. Now, what oh. if a human, you know, starts 
developing a brain. Now, of course, I speeded up the evolution, and it's also you can take it as well as an allegory. You think with your gut, your gut instinct. You know what is your gut instinct? You know, well, I'm gonna consume. I'm gonna buy. I'm just gonna go with my gut instinct. More uh, primal, know. yeah, exactly. And that would be in the brain. So, what if the stomach did turn into a brain and led the body? And in that case, how's the only way to kill the zombie? Remove the stomach. So it's also it's cool. Shotgun it, to the to the stomach cavity. That's cool. Yeah, but the, the surest way, because people have survived traumatic brain injury, the surest way is to remove the brain. So the surest way to kill these uh, you gotta cut out the entire stomach. So it also oh. it's cool because there's the gore. You gotta actually physically remove the entire stomach Damn. before the zombie starts moving. So that's a lot tougher. You know, you, <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And even there's a scene in the book where one of the things is pretty much gutted and the, the brain and the stomach is hanging out, but it's still connected and the thing is still moving with its entire stomach hanging to the thing because Damn. it's still connected. And so that's <laughs> a pretty gory scene in the book. But that's why wow. you see in the second book, uh, under New Jersey, people have etched in must gut them. And people are <laughs> wondering why people are carving that around and people haven't quite figured it out yet. So anyway, okay. I'm wow. giving away too much here. I'm giving away. You got to <laughs> buy the fucking books. Buy my books. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. One, one, one more question because I'm just curious. Does zombie lore exist in the universe? In the universe. I don't know. In your universe. Like, so in your book's yeah. universe. Is there zombie oh, lore yeah, pre-existing? Yeah, yeah. No, Unlike The Walking Dead, where they have no fucking clue what these things are. They're like, Whoa. no, of course, no. It's a, it's, it's a, I don't like reference The Walking Dead, but yeah, they talk about zombie stuff in okay. there. And they, and, and, you know, they figure out they're like zombies, you know? But okay. even in, no, so it's not like a lore where they've, uh, a universe where they've never heard of zombies. No, it's, it's, it's every day, but it's, okay. it's, so I the like book that. Focuses, I hate when they don't know. Yeah, no, 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 no. But, but in like the beginning of the book, as with regular society, even though it's happening, people don't accept it's happening. Mm-hmm. People don't accept that that's what this is. And, they, and people are tweeting oh, yeah. and texting about zombies and taking pictures. And other people are saying, you're out of your fucking mind, dude. Yeah. This isn't zombies. You always no have a skeptic in that situation. There's always. Mm-hmm. Everybody is. And then other people are like, okay. There's zombies. I'm fucking busy, man. I gotta get to work. <laughs> I gotta get to school. I got this. I got yeah. Okay, there's zombies. I, I, you know what? I got enough things in my life right now. Someone else is gonna deal with it. And they're even when they do realize it's happening. Okay, guess what? I gotta deal with other shit, man. I got life <laughs> to live here, and you know, and I'll just, and that's what happens. People go on, you know, like how we got Al Qaeda, we've got ISIS. Are you going out and fighting them? No. Are you changing your life? Are you? I'm still getting on planes. I'm still traveling. Listen, I, you know, they're gonna kill yep. me. But someone else is dealing with it. I can't deal with it. I got stuff to do, man. I got books to sell. <laughs> it just becomes like a live and let the dead live kind of situation. Yeah, but the government steps <laughs> yeah. in. The government's gotta take care of it. You know, people that, that listen, businesses take care of it. And listen, it's not every day. You leave your house, something could kill you. Drunk driver, you know, fallen beam, or whatever. Zombie. It's zombie. <laughs> it, 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 
what are it's, you gonna do? It, yeah, it's, it's interesting too. It, it's just like addressing the monotony of being human. It's like, yeah, yeah, add another thing that could off this meat sack. Like, there's got to be something else. There's got to yeah. be another virus that's going out. There's got to be another sickness. There's got to be another AIDS. There's got to yeah. be another thing that okay, it's coming. Another thing that's gonna kill me if I don't. Yeah, so I'll try. I think it's very natural, yeah. and I think it, until it infects the you know the the small town like a community you know, you know that you live yeah. in i think people are oblivious to like things that happen yeah, in the big you world know, until it's so, you know like i think that's interesting until it on that. crashing through weird. your living room window <laughs> it's like oh fuck, yeah. there's a zombie you're you're watching it on tv you're like okay two ladies gnawing on your fucking calf now this <laughs> all takes or well it seems like it's mostly set in new jersey yeah what was the decision or where did the decision come from to choose new jersey as your setting because it's funny <laughs> New Jersey. It's you're saying there's something funny about Jersey. Yeah, yeah. No, on, I'm from Jersey. I, I haven't lived there in 30 years, but uh, you know, Jersey is something in your DNA. You can't scrub it off you. Uh, once you're from Jersey, we're New Yorkers so, right now. Uh, Jersey is what I knew. Uh, you know, I thought it was funny. I want, the original way I had written the book was each chapter was an exit, and they were moving from exit down to exit zero which was the final extraction point of New Jersey's now been sealed off at the end of the first book. And if you, and Cape May is the last chance to get out of the state. Okay. And so everybody's trying to get down to Cape May fight. And I wanted to make a chapter, but it just didn't work because I had to be moving around. And I said, ah, shit, that format didn't work of each chapter being a different exit. So mm -hmm. then it came out, but I, I have very funny chapter names. I've all, I've been very proud of how, of my chapter names. <laughs> I'm not going to, you have to buy the book, but yeah. I have very Don't funny. chapter. I hope the chapter names are exciting and enticing. I'm sure that I'm sure they are along with the, uh, the plot that you've described so far. It's, it's, it's super intriguing just in terms of how different it is. Uh, especially as a fan, my, myself and Matt were both zombie fans. So to see someone take a different take on the whole thing, it's it's really cool. Especially when you can like log on to like Netflix and see the same old zombie film over and over again, or even you know like just the the comics. There's a lot of comics that aren't even recognized, but a lot of zombie comics like came out as soon as Walking Dead well, got success. Like it never reference. gets old because what is it? It's the fear. It's mm. the fear that everybody fears. It's fear of death. There's nothing sexy about zombies. Mm. There's no romanticizing them there. It's death. And that's what zombies are death. And it's coming for all of us, man. It's everybody's fear. And you can, you can avoid it a little bit. You can avoid it. You can do certain things to last a little longer, but eventually it's going to, no one like they, what was it? Uh, Jim Morris. I figured no one here gets out alive. You know, we ain't getting out of here alive. We're, and mm -hmm. So that's what zombies, that's why there's the never ending war, but it's also the ultimate fear of what are zombies. They look just like us. You know, they're your wife, your kids, you know, your neighbors, it, they're, they're killing you. They're not some clown. They're not some guy in a mask. It's, 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 the known mm -hmm. that's going to kill you. So, and also, you know, you can put into a, a million allegories into zombies. In my books, there's an allegory. I'll let people mm -hmm. decide for themselves what it means. But obviously, there's a there's a underlayer. The all three books, the whole arc, it has a different. You can read it as a fun zombie story. It's got a whole different arc in there and that the whole story is an allegory and uh, some people have figured it out i like some people had written in reviews say there's there's a political under uh there's a political uh, undercurrent in this but i can't quite put my finger on it it's like cool some people are getting it okay but yeah so that and that's why i like about it 
Well, it's it's always cool to see because horror, if if it's done well, always seems to reflect the fears of the time, and yeah. you know, like Psycho uh, being like the whole road stop uh, on, off the side with the you know interstates connecting everywhere, and you never know who the what the stranger is going to do to you. Mm-hmm. Moving on to you know more more yeah, modern of, of like who is coming for you you don't know yeah. it's a it's a it's a, a supposed horde and what were the 50 and what yeah what were the 50s the 50s was all nuclear remember mm-hmm. the giant ants mm-hmm. giant grasshoppers yeah. giant things Godzilla. It was all, yeah, because we de- developed nu- nuclear <laughs> and they all became afraid of it and then i think it was it yeah. was the ants thing but that was all nuclear and then in the 60s it became aliens in the 70s it was the the political tinge came into all the horror movies uh and you know, the b b slasher type stuff too it got way and, more violent in the 70s. yes yeah mm-hmm. and and, and yeah. so and, and to think that it it is leading to people to do something it is actually an outtake it is Mm -hmm. a or outlet i mean it is not something that is going to lead people to violence uh horror it's a a reflection on the current uh fears of the time i guess exactly and that's where they always it's an easy scapegoat but it's it's that just ridiculous it's like these these violent movies it's like well we wouldn't Mm. have them if reality wasn't so violent (laughs) you know What it is, everyone. I'm Jacob Meza, the host of the podcast, So It Is Told. Each week, I read a new folk tale or fairy tale with a local comedian and or world traveler. Like your drunk grandma reading a bedtime story, their suspense. Oh my God, they are cannibals. Magic. (laughs) And all around madness. They're birthing hips. Available on any mainstream podcast directory. Fresh. This episode is brought to you in part by Hemp-CBD.com. Hemp-CBD was founded in Albuquerque, New Mexico, with the mission to provide the best products in the industry. Hemp-CBD has created a one-stop shop for tons of CBD products, such as tinctures, edibles, topicals, pre-rolls, vape, and pet products. The products carried by Hemp-CBD are sourced from an organic hemp that's grown in the United States, lab tested and consists of CBD isolate, which is the purest form of CBD. This testing ensures that their products contain CBD and no other cannabinoids like THC. Head over to hemp-cbd.com and use promo code SLACKER for a 20% discount at checkout. That's hemp-cbd.com, promo code SLACKER. Okay, one of the things I'm tied into in the new book What's the big word now? Gig economy. Have you guys heard the term gig economy? That's what I've been hearing a lot. And that's what's facing millennials. People taking Uber jobs and all the different app positions that are more of like either a contract position. Exactly. And they're moving. They don't want to be tied down. Like I have been with my company 20 years. Well, almost 20 years. That's rare. And before that, I was with a firm for nine years. I'm an older guy. So, but that's not what people want to do today. They don't want to be tied to one company and base their whole life on it. Now I've always, I was lucky. I actually enjoy my job. I found it very, uh, I'm what they call an entrepreneur. I'm very entrepreneurial within the confines of the company. I've always enjoyed it. So there's no sense in moving around. And hey, if you like what you do and do it. Right. Um, but I've met so many people that they don't have a set company, a set career, a set 
goal of I'm going to do this and then this and then this. They move around and they want to be free. And in a gig economy, they may work two or three jobs and those jobs may last six months or at least a year. They move on. They move around the country. They have total autonomy and freedom. And that's one of the things I touched into in my book. When you have this uh, entrepreneur, you're creating your market. There may not be a market for fandom of insert television show here. Mm-hmm. You know, I just finished watching Good Omens. I don't know if you still that Neil Gaiman's. Uh, I haven't book. checked they it out yet. I've, I've heard great things though. Oh my God, so freaking good. But if you become a fan of Good Omens, now I haven't met too many people that know it. I just finished watching it last night. And I said, man, that was great. I, I loved it. Uh, if I wanted to create something about that, what am I going to do? Well, maybe I could do tours. One thing I looked up, I liked the locations they filmed it in. So I went online and I looked up the towns. If I live there, I might want to start doing tours. I'm going to start a Good Omens tour and then give tours awesome. of yeah. fans of the book of the locations where they film it. Yeah. Or maybe I'm going to create cosplay outfits. The, the characters are seen. They're, they're an angel and a demon, and they're there from the, from the Garden of Eden. Eden to, and you see them through the Black Plague, and you see them oh, wow. through Roman times. And, it's, and the, they become good friends, and they've got these cool outfits throughout history. Mm-hmm. If I was this, you know, could create, I would create those outfits and sell them to other fans of the show. Um, the, the one guy, he's the demon, he's got uh, serpent eyes, so he always wears different sunglasses. He's got very cool sunglasses. I would build a, a line of sunglasses, good omen sunglasses. You know, nice. you could do anything and create a market for it. And that's kind of the gig economy of fandom. In the book, do you um, go into the, I, I assume there's some legalities in terms of what you can like use with intellectual property, stuff that's owned by these companies and you as an artist producing something independently. Uh, is there, without, I guess, giving too much away, is, is there anything you can go into with that? Yeah, and I go into, in the beginning of the book, I'm like, look, this is not a book about how to run your business. I'm not going to get into the legal structure. I'm not going to get into your financials or your how to incorporate. I said, there's a thousand, there's 40,000 books on entrepreneurship by any one of them. They're all boring. <laughs> I said, my book is really about starting, you know, your fandom and moving from that. Oh, I wanted to do this and I'm afraid. And my coworkers, would they think less of me if I baking cakes based on, 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 super, on twilight series and everything? No. So it's all about how to do that, how to work, making sure your family's on board because trust me your family if they're not on board this is not something you're going to do one hour a week no this is going to become a big thing but um yeah there is a ton of that stuff and i address that in the book about especially like when you're tying yourself to a particular genre like let's just say i'm a fan of this actor and i have tied i'm such a huge fan of him and i've tied my my wheeled or my I, I strapped myself to him and I'm swimming in his wake. I'm swimming in the wake of someone else's creative creative efforts and then that guy fucks up. That guy sends out a late night ambient fuel tweet that just oh. makes fucking pariah. <laughs> Jeff Goldberg, why'd you do it? Roseanne. The yeah. Roseanne and effect. you built your whole fantrepreneurship around that character or that show. Mm. What the fuck do you do now? That could happen. <laughs> you are basing, but listen, that's you're hitching, hitching your wagon. Think of the term. You're hitching your wagon to someone else's creativity. So, mm-hmm. 
that's a possibility, man. You know, or what do you do when that show goes off the air or that person, that super uh, looked after show, like everybody, it's much watched TV becomes a joke. No one watches anymore. It sucks. And oh, you've built your whole business yeah. and fandom of that show. Absolutely, man. That could happen. You know, look at, okay, but look at, look mm. at what you guys are doing. Both of you guys are vaping here. Yeah. What is <laughs> the, what have you heard? Way to call us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, I, I thought you guys were on camera here. Yeah, but, we are. Uh, okay. They can't see us when you're <laughs> okay. talking, guy. So they ah, have no clue. I, 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 Just gave away the secret I, I, behind I, I, the scene. The first time and, we've been called out. And, and I've seen you doing <laughs> crack deals too when I'm talking here and all that stuff. And Jesus. What is that Jeffrey Epstein oh, behind you? Jeffrey Epstein. So he's not really dead. Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> dude, what the fuck? Dude, he's outing I all know, the secrets, dude. Yeah, Epstein's been killing in my crap for two weeks. And Nobody knew. Okay, so, but anyway, like, like let's just say I started a vape shop. Mm-hmm. You know, and then what has been on the TV 24 fucking seven? Now I'm local, so I don't know if it's around you. Is Man, vapes. Is a vaping. you vape. It's it a is going to coat your lungs with toxic sarin gas and you are <laughs> going to be dead within a week and you're oh, going to be, oh my God, it, yep. it is the worst fucking thing. <laughs> it is a, you're worse than Hitler if you vape now. <laughs> oh my God. Well, yeah, holy yeah. shit. Yes, I go back it, to cigarettes. <laughs> in three weeks ago, that started and now it's everywhere 24 seven. So what the hell do you do if that's your business? You never know when the tides are going to turn. Now there's obviously something, you know, who who may be behind that big tobacco. If I'm a tobacco, yeah, listen, I'm got, I'm like, I got to crush this fucking vape and shit. So (laughs) I'm going to release that. Like I heard a good theory. Like they were talking about, um, Antonio Brown and Mm. if he's going to play this Sunday, Right. And that's a tough call because right now it is an accusation. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I'm a pretty big gambler. I'm running heavy deals here and I got to make sure team XYZ loses this Sunday. Yep. Or dist- and so I'm going to put some money. I'm going to get someone out there. I'm going to pay them to make an accusation against their key player. Oof. That person's taken out. Well, that play- accusation's being evaluated. I can now bet on that game. Wow. Again, this is big dollars. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything mm-hmm. about Antonio Brown or the accusation, but I'm saying that's why they can't make a decision like, uh-oh, an accusation's been made. You can't just an accusation can be made about anybody okay. an accusation. And you always got to say an accusation now about vaping who's behind it. Mm-hmm. Is it wow? There are serious health mm-hmm. concerns or did someone just from the, the competitor the tobacco company just dump a ton of money into this to get that word out there. But that's kind of like fan entrepreneurship. You're covering a television show or a celebrity or a comic book. And suddenly something turns against it. That author has an accusation against them. That illustrator, that star has a mm. serious accusation against them. Remember what happened to Chris Hardwick? Mm. They took him yeah. off the air. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They took him off the air uh, for a minute. Yeah. In a minute. It was like six months. And then at the yeah. whole thing, he was well, yeah, cleared. Yeah. But man, that will always be an <laughs> asterisk next to his name. Because you know, oh, yeah. and that's, but if you were running the Chris Hardwick fan entrepreneurship program, that was a tough time for you because mm-hmm. you're swimming in his way. But anyway. And then what do you do? Do you double down in like the hopes that the person isn't 
like actually doing whatever they're accused of or do you put a temporary hiatus until things are smoothed out or just not even address it there's like there's no easy way to address that kind of got no advice man that but that's a (laughs) tough call yeah i mean who draws the line of what's right and what's wrong when it comes to comedy and that's a that's a weird question in itself that's really big right now well it's about comedy it's about art it's not everything yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird line though. Like there, there's people that you see that try to do edgy things. I mean, I've gone to a few, you know, minor shows where people are starting out, and sometimes they go across the line there, where it's like people cringe, yeah. you know, and it, it's like who who the fuck says that, you know, who the fuck draws that line, and who tells you can who feel what it in the do? room. I would say like from exactly. from a personal yeah. standpoint, like if I make a joke and someone is uh, offended by it in any way, for me, sorries are free. I don't, I, it's easy mm-hmm. enough for me to go, Oh, sorry. I like, I meant to make you laugh. My bad. But that's pretty much the extent of it. You know, listen, creativity is trial and error. Yeah. Absolutely. All creativity is trial and error. And if we're going to be con- you're going to have the offense out there and wait and wait and wait and fucking pray for you to say <laughs> one goddamn thing that I can take out of contact and I can dream and that's it. Burn him at the stake. Cancel. You know, and that's what it's becoming. And that's why I think, you know, Dude. exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things, you know, but in being a fan entrepreneur, you're going to start out and you're going to start. And I was talking earlier uh, to a bunch of people like at this show I'm at, these are people that are more creating their own. They're creating their own, they're fans. They're fans of illustration. They're fans of graphic novels. They're fans and they're creating their own. So they're not going out there and saying, I'm a fan of this show and I'm going to create. They're trying to create their own thing. And it, and listen, if you're worried that someone's going to be offended, you're going to stifle yourself and you're going to self-censor and, yep. and you can't do that. And then you're not going to be creative. And you'll, you'll find out, I mean, the squeaky wheel always seems to get the grease in terms of like, who's the loudest and complains the loudest, but that, that might not be the majority. So it's also put, it seems like put stuff out there, see, and if like, you know, one or two people seem to be flipping shit over it, then, and like 500 people seem to be enjoying it, then clearly the numbers kind of speak for themselves in that case. Listen, you can't please everyone. I mean, shit, look at Game of Thrones with their latest season, how everybody wanted to fucking petition oh to rewrite it. I mean, that's fucking cinematic fucking, that's the top of the line with cinematic fucking value there. And I mean, people are still like, fuck you, rewrite this, delete that. I didn't that, like how it ended, it so make HBO. it so that it like, I like it or something. No, listen, <laughs> if that's their vision, that's how it ends. Like I wrote in one of my characters in the book dies. And I swear to God, I almost fucking teared up when I wrote the thing. And I almost, I didn't, I wrote it originally. I wrote two versions of it. One where it was nebulous and he didn't know if he got away or died. And the other, he's absolutely dead. And I sent both and everybody said, you got to go when he dies. It has mm. to be pure. And I think, and I literally was choked up. I, I, because I love that character and I, he's fucking dead how he dies in the book and that's but listen you know some people are probably not going to like it be, hopefully no one will kidnap me and break my ankles and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that, uh, misery but for killing it maybe at sopranos con or uh... yeah 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 <laughs> so you're you're going to be at a number of conventions um coming up towards the end of the year it, it looked like is there places yes. that people can catch you that you'd want to absolutely 
Yeah. So I've got a couple things coming up. I will be at, um, in October, the second week of October, I'll be at New Jersey Horror Con if you're in New Jersey area. So you can see me exhibiting at New Jersey Horror Con, Atlantic City. The weekend after that, I'll be in, uh, in Atlanta at Walker Stalker Con. So that's the big Walking Dead Con. Cool. Uh, nice. And, yeah. So that's the big one in Atlanta. Then I'll be uh, back up in Jersey in November for Sopranos Con. And um, uh, oh, this in two weeks, sorry, I'll be at the Living Dead Weekend in Pennsylvania. That's where they filmed the original uh, Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead. Yes, oh, the Living man. Dead Weekend. Yeah, that's so in, cool. Um, in um, oh god, Monroeville, Pennsylvania. I'll be there. That's the end of September, the last weekend of September. And then two weeks into October, I'll be at uh, New Jersey Horror Con. The weekend after that, I'll be at Walker Stalker Con. Uh, and then in November, I'll be at Sopranos Con. And then I got a couple others, but. Follow me at Exit Zero Zombie on Twitter and Instagram or ExitZeroZombie.com is for the buy the books. And then um, at Business is Dead uh, for the, the new book. And then Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm always updating where I'm going to be. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks again, Neil, for coming on. We're really looking forward to uh, reading your books, checking them out. And uh, it's really good to see this unique view. In general, man, I'm really fucking stoked about it. We wish you nothing but success. Thank you, thank you, and you guys too. And like you said, man, it's yeah. tough doing the. Uh, you're you're fighting for your share of the ear, and uh, yes. you got to keep at it, man. It takes some time, uh, yeah. but this uh, you guys do it good. Well, thank you. Well, thank you, thank you. The slacker army is growing ever so much. <laughs> Slackers go out and buy businesses dead. There we go. There you go. Business, Business is dead. Available October first. Get it. We're Get it, people. It's out. It's out right now. By the time this comes out, it is out. Fucking buy the book. And uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We love each and every one of you. And until next time, that's it. There you go. We're smoking America. America. We passing America. I'm mapping America. America. I'm second America. America. We're talking America. America. We blazing America. This is fucking America. We're second America. This has been American Slacker Podcast. You can reach the show by searching American Slacker on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. Or send them an email to American Slacker Podcast at gmail.com. You can download and rate American Slacker on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and all other podcast platforms. Visit the show's website, aspodcast.com, where you will find every episode, official merchandise, and links to their Patreon if you would like to support American Slacker. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Think about the second set of passing. Man, I gotta go and get it, grab it. Why you gotta go and neck a savage? Smoking weed, I gotta feed the habit. Now I'm on some other shit. Things that I gotta go get. Medical all on my slip. You falling like dominoes, bitch. Stuck in my ways, fucking high days, fucking sideways in the driveway. We smoking America, America. We passing America. I'm mapping America, America. I'm second America, America. We talking America, America. We blazing America. This is fucking America, America. We second America. We second America, America.